Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulky Boot Podcast. And today, we are going to be discussing uh, quite a fair bit. Um, because quite a bit's happened since I last spoke to you. The last episode I did, it was literally four or five minutes long. I was in my car, and it was me ranting about the Super League. Um, literally about an hour after that was released, Chelsea withdrew. And since then, we have played one, two, three, four, five, six matches and got a lot to discuss. So, I'm not going to be just talking about Chelsea today. I'm going to be discussing the situation at Arsenal. Um, there is the Carabao Cup that happened as well, Carabao Cup final. Um, but of course, being a Chelsea channel, it's going to be predominantly Chelsea. So, the day we withdrew from the Super League, we played Brighton. And in the build-up to the game, you had fans outside Stamford Bridge making their feelings known, big time. Um, blocking the team bus to the point where Petr Cech got off the bus. And... Basically said, like, I'll ask, can you let us through? You're here soon. So we did let them through. And within 20 minutes of that happening, we were out of it. The news news article broke. Um, Chelsea, like, basically beginning paperwork to withdraw. The fans outside Stamford Bridge went absolutely mental. Um... But it affected the game that night. And we played Brighton. And it was a dull affair. Let's just say that. It was was a nil-nil draw. We didn't look ourselves. We we looked slow. It looked like the players had a lot on their minds, which they clearly did. Um, And, yeah, there was nothing really... Nothing really went on with that game. Um, Our next game, however, was the following Saturday. And we played West Ham. And we got a 1-0 win. It's, I think, only our second win at the London Stadium. I might even be wrong. It might be just a 1. But we always struggle there. And who else but to come up with a goal? Then Timo. Timo Werner breaks his drought. Um, his last goal before the West Ham game was against Newcastle back in February. Which is... Let's count how many games. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games. His first goal in 15 games. Now, a lot will be made of that. But in those games, he has caused a lot of problems for teams. And it's not just the the goals that we should be basing him on. It should be his assists. And we move into the uh, Chelsea versus Real Madrid match. 
we got a one-all draw. And <laughs> Vernon, he didn't miss a big chance, but he, he had a big chance, which the snake saved. Um, Thibaut Courtois saved the ball. And then literally a couple of minutes later, Pulisic got played in. I think it was Rudiger who played the ball to him. Uh, brought it down brilliantly. Ran ran round Courtois, slotted in the net for 1-0. Um, then not long before half-time, Benzema just comes up with an absolute brilliant, brilliant goal. And you got to give credit where it's due. Um yeah, no chance was Mendy saving that. Um and we we walked, we went like we came back from Madrid with a one all draw, which is an advantage for us. because um, we had the away goal. We really should have battered them though. We had a we had a big big period in that game where we should have won. Um the first leg I'm on about. Um, and then in between the second leg and the first we had a match against Fulham to deal with now again it was one of those that could have been a potential banana skin Um, but we got the job done 2-0 Kai Havertz brace Um, the first one was an absolutely amazing, amazing trap uh, by Mount, and you no know, brings the ball down, plays through Kai Havertz, and Kai Havertz slots it in one nil. The second goal was early in the second half, and ball gets played across. Kai Havertz brings it down on the right hand side. He plays it into Timo, makes his run, and um, Kai makes his run into the box, and Timo waits and waits and waits. Plays an inch perfect pass. Kai Havertz slots it in for 2 0. And we go, we stay comfortably in fourth in the league. Now, Real Madrid, second leg. Boy, was I nervous this game. I, I remember clear as day, I was at home. Um. <laughs> I didn't eat anything at the time because it would have just come straight back up. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have been able to keep it down at all. So there we were. We, we kicked off against Real Madrid and um, we, they had a few good good moments. Um, at 0-0, Benzema had a shot, which Mendy made a fantastic save with, uh, way to his left-hand side and... Uh, tipped it around the post and he got he sprung up like straight away went absolutely mental at the team um, in front of him um, and also at nil nil. Werner had a goal disallowed for offside um, he scored but it was offside and then after the Benzema chance that I just described Werner did make it 1-0 um Brilliant bit of interplay between Kante and Werner. They did a few one-twos and then Kante played the through ball into Kai Havertz. Now, Havertz being the saucy, cheeky bastard that he is, lobbed Courtois 
which is amazing in itself. Um, but it hit the crossbar. And Werner kept himself on side, but was like, followed the ball in to then head it home lit- from literally like the goal line and made it 1 0, 2 1 up in the tie. And uh, Bob's your uncle. Later on in the first half, Benzema has another big chance. Um, like over the top ball from I think Modric and Benzema gets a nice floaty header on it and it's going in um, but Spider Mendy is just there to tip over the bar and he looked like a big cat doing it um, so again brilliant brilliant play from Mendy and again he sprung straight up and was bollocking his defenders for allowing for allowing him to have the header. Um we go into the second half and we just had chance after chance after chance. We had five clear chances to put the ball in the net and we didn't. Um so I was sitting here watching it and I'm thinking Real Madrid are gonna score it. It's just typical of us to not kill the game and Real Madrid are going to score. But they didn't. We went up the other end and Christian Pulisic had the ball in the, near the byline on the right-hand side. Mounts in the middle. Cuts it back to Mount. Mount smashes it into the net. 2-0 on the night. 3-1 on aggregate. Boom. Chelsea are going to the Champions League final against Man City because Man City beat PSG 4-1 over two legs. Um, <laughs> Mares with three of the goals, funnily enough. And yeah, it's one of those where we've beaten like my next game I'm going to get onto, which is the last one, most recent one we played. We beat City yesterday, which means we we beat City twice in a matter of a month, a matter of three weeks actually, and is Pep finally going to get it right in the final? Who knows? I hope not. Um, but as I said, we we, we win two nil, two uh, one. Sorry, yesterday we beat City. Um, 12 minutes 12 minute in right Sterling goes into a challenge studs showing fucking absolutely misses the ball slams his studs into Werner's leg shin high he only gets a yellow card for it right where's VAR so there's that Utter bullshit that he was still on the pitch. Fair enough. 44 minutes come. And long ball over the top. Christensen goes to deal with it. Completely misjudges the flight of the ball. Tries to kick it when it's head height. He pulls his hamstring. But he does his hamstring in the process. And 
Ball gets laid across the box from Man City player. Aguero goes to take the shot, but Sterling nicks it off and makes it 1-0. And you're like, ouch. That's a, that's a kick in the teeth, that one. Um, and then we sub off Christensen. We're trying to get Zuma on the pitch. And before Zuma could actually get onto the pitch... Um, there's a coming together between Gilmore and um, I think it was Jesus in the box and Jesus flops to the floor like he's been shot. Anthony Taylor, who, as we all know, is an absolute disgrace of a referee, gives a penalty um, and Aguero steps up to take it. Now, at this point, you're thinking, nah, it's going to be 2-0. Ah, uh, well game over sort of thing was this meet him in the final but Aguero tries to do the chippy Panenka thing and he hoped I'm assuming he hoped that Mendy would have dived and it didn't uh, he didn't Mendy ended up saving it um, he started to go to his right but immediately stood back up and grabbed the ball because it was piss poor penalty um we made it to half time. Start of the second half. Um, Werner, like, getting absolutely battered. He got trodden on. Got hit in the face. He got, like... He went through the wars yesterday, Timo. Um, I don't, can't remember if this was before the goal or after the goal. Um, like, our equaliser. We had Jorginho come on for Kante. So I'm assuming resting Kante. Um, and we also had Hudson Odoi come on for Ziesh later on in the game. But before that, Ziesh made it 1 0. 1 1 all, sorry. He got the equaliser. And what a finish it was. So we played Aspie in down the right hand side after a bit of like interplay and. Aspie's on the right-hand side. He squares it across the box and just on the edge of the edge of the box, um, Ziyech is there to smash it in past that at, um, Edison, make it one all. Now, we had three offside goals as well this game. Three goals disallowed for offside, two of which were by Timo. Um... It's, that is one thing that annoys me with Timo, that he's always being caught offside. But the compromise is that he is making them runs. So at least him being caught offside is showing that he's still making those runs. Um, it's just whether they can find him in time or not. But towards the end of the game, like. I, again, I was I was watching it in um, I was watching it with my brother, and he was sitting there thinking that oh, it's going to be a city win. I was I was nervous as hell, and then we got up the other end. Werner's got the ball on the like the byline on the right hand side of the box again. He cuts it back, and it's still debating now whether it was Alonso or Hudson Odoi who scored it, um, but. Either way, goes to 2-1 and Chelsea roll out of the Etihad with a win 
And due to Leicester losing 4-2 to West Ham on the Friday night, we go up to third at the moment. Um, Can't be overtaken, at least this game week. So we're third as it stands. United won um, today. They beat Villa 3-1, which means City have to wait to lift the Premier League title. Um, they still haven't. <coughs> they still haven't lifted the trophy yet. Um, which the longer it delays is is actually good because it means they're gonna like use their players to try and get it done over the line as quick as possible and. Hopefully they'll be drained for the final. But in terms of fixtures Chelsea have got left to secure top four. In the league we have got Arsenal, Leicester and Villa. So we got Arsenal on the 12th of May. Which is midweek this week coming. We've then got Leicester in the FA Cup final on the Saturday. We've then got Leicester in midweek on the Wednesday. So not Wednesday coming, the Wednesday after. On the 19th of May, we got Leicester in the league at home, which is the first game with fans back at Stamford Bridge. Um, not a full capacity, but I think it's I think it's 10,000 seater. I might be wrong, but I think it's 10,000. And then... On the final day, we go to Villa and play them at Villa Park. Um, <laughs> I think I think we can. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to predict anything because when I predict, I get it wrong, um, or it goes horribly wrong. So I should I say, but. Is some massive games coming up. Arsenal are in a fucking state. Got Leicester in the final. Leicester again in the league. Then Villa. To. If. Because Leicester have got Man United. Us and Spurs. I think left. If Man United can do us a favour. And then we beat them. We can secure third, if I'm not mistaken. Might be wrong with that, but we can secure third before the final day. And that'd be be more than helpful because then we can rest on the final day and focus up solely on the Champions League final on the 29th of May. Um, I'm excited. I'm nervous, I'm shit scared, um, to be totally honest with you, um, but Thomas Tuchel has breathed a different fire into this team, we we look immense right now, um, we've hardly conceded a goal, I know the West, there was the West Brom game, which was just another freak, um, freak result because you look at every match since Tuchel's taken over that's the only game we've conceded more than one goal 
I saw Summit, um, the Real Madrid match. I'm literally going to double check now because I've got the results in front of me. It was like 15th clean sheet or something. So, Wolves, Wolves, Burnley, Tottenham, Barnsley, Newcastle, Atletico Madrid, Man United, Liverpool, Everton, Leeds. That's 10. Atletico, Sheffield, Porto, Man City, Brighton is 15, West Ham 16, Fulham 17, Real Madrid 18. 18 matches we've kept clean sheets in and we've conceded goals in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 matches. We've conceded goals in. Um, seven matches conceded. How many goals? One, two, three, eight, nine, ten. Oh, hold on. Let me double. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We've conceded eleven goals. And. Tuchel, he just seems to be a tactical genius, and there's been plenty of times when I've been questioning his lineups and going, "Why is he playing?" or "Why is he playing here?" or like all sorts. But every single time, I find myself eating humble pie and being like, "You know what, mate? Fair play." Um, all I've seen about yesterday's game is all these pundits and like media outlets sitting there saying about oh but Chelsea should have had a penalty against them for Sterling being tripped by Zuma and all that well my big counter argument is Sterling shouldn't have been on the fucking pitch um, but guess what another bout of complete incompetence from Anthony Taylor Again, against Chelsea, kept him on. Um, that's like six now he's done against us. You had, um, so you had Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez in an FA Cup final 2017. That's one. You had Harry Maguire kicking Batshuayi in the bollocks. You had Harry Maguire holding Aspilicueta. That's three. You had Kovacic being sent off in the FA Cup final, 2020, um, 2020, when Xhaka kicked him. That's four. You had the Sterling one today. That's five. But, and there was oh, there was another one. What was it? There was another one. Um, but I can't remember. But how many more time? How many more chances is this guy going to get to referee a game? Like, he is so shit. Like, the European referees are brilliant. And why? Because they're run by the head of... Like, the head of referees out there is Pierluigi, uh, Pierluigi Colina. The ref, bald head, big wide eyes, and he's fucking brilliant. Right? The head of the FA referees is run by Derma O'Leary, who, when he was a ref, was just a fucking waste man. 
like <laughs> he knows nothing about refereeing games. We got we got refs like Graham Pohl and stuff like that doing like ref watch on BT and Sky Sports and all that. Like, did the referee get this decision right? That decision right? We got people like Mike Dean and Anthony Taylor currently refereeing matches. We got the best league in the world, yet the worst officials in the world. And it's disgraceful that Anthony Taylor keeps getting away with shit. What is the punishment for referees? We won that match despite Anthony Taylor. Because if they can sit there and rule out someone for being offside because he's got a fucking an overgrown toenail, but they can't see that Sterling's gone studs up into... Um, Werner's shin. Like, it then becomes corrupt or stupidity. And either one, you shouldn't be refereeing matches. I'm all for, I don't mind when refs get a mistake or have a mistake. But when there is meant to be four match day officials and however many in the VAR room, and they still can't get the decision right, that's when it becomes a joke. It becomes absolutely fucking ridiculous. But, as I said, we, we got the job done despite Anthony Taylor, and we roll on to Arsenal in midweek. Now, speaking of Arsenal, they are in absolute free for the minute. They're 10th in the league, maybe maybe 11th, depending on Because I know Leeds won yesterday. They beat Spurs. Pissed. Um, they beat Spurs 3-1, which made them jump Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, I think they're 10th in the league, Arsenal. Um, they're out of the Europa League. Um, they're out. Yeah, they're out of the Europa League. Their fans are protesting. The owners. You got the fans also turning on Arteta big time. It's it's a shit show, a full on shit show. And now they've got this um, Spotify guy who wants to like buy the Cronkies out, but the Cronkies don't want to sell. And it's a big saga going on at Arsenal. And it's curious. It's or it's intriguing to watch as a, as a neutral. Um, I respect Arsenal as a history, like the history, but as a club now, they're a laughing stock. And the ones I feel sorry for is the fans, to an extent. They don't, fans don't deserve to see a club going through the turmoil they're going through right now. However, they did kind of get cocky when Arteta beat Lampard in the um, in the FA Cup. They then beat United earlier in the season. You got all the AFTV lot going, take your time with it. And now, well, you should. The reaction on Thursday was like, yeah. Hugh Izzy screaming on his stream. You had troops kicking shit around on his stream. You got even Ty 
on AFTV saying like sack Arteta, like or well, he said the position has become untenable, which basically means sack him. Um, it's it's just a shit show, but right and here's here's another one. Right, my my brother he is an Arsenal fan and he's been saying like. It can't be Arteta's fault. The player have been, players have been shit and all that. Yet even he, after Thursday, was like, nah, got to get rid of him. And it's because they lost to Mr. Good Evening himself. They lost to Emery, the man they sacked, and who the man who Arteta replaced. They lost to him. And it was a big slap in the face really but it it just proves two things for me three actually one Arteta's well out of his depth two that Arsenal job's going to be impossible for any manager to take over and three proves just how well Arsene Wenger was doing like he managed to keep him relevant and that it I know his last season he didn't make top four, but he challenged. Or his last two seasons, sorry. He didn't make top four, but he was still there or thereabouts. He was fifth and sixth, I think it was. But it weren't like eighth, ninth, tenth, however far down they are. Like, there's been points in this season where they've been 15, 16. And it's only because teams like, at the top, like Newcastle at the time, Brighton at the time, like they were all on crazily stupid losing runs that they went up to 10th. They got a good result against Newcastle, and everyone will sit there and go, Yeah, we can, we can, we can go and do the treble next season. No, right, they, they just overhype everything to the point. And then when it goes wrong, it then hurts them more because they've overhyped everything. When Lampard first took over Chelsea, of course we were buzzing, but we were like, it will go wrong eventually and he will get sacked eventually. And, yeah, I mean, I remember doing doing one of these when Lampard did get sacked and I said that him being sacked just proves the manager merry-go-round will never never stop while Bramwich is owner and I stand by that but looking back now I didn't want him sacked I love the guy but would we have made a Champions League final with him at the helm I don't think we would have done and that's not a disservice to Lampard Lampard was very inexperienced he was out of his depth Last season, we got fourth, I think, genuinely because we had a free hit. And I'll I'll always give credit to Lampard for that. He did brilliantly last season. Got us fourth with the kids. He brought Mount in, who has been our player of the season, hands down. Um, And under Tuchel, he's just gone to a whole new level. It's... Lampard does need credit where it is due. But we also need to recognise the fact that he wasn't going to get us this far. And Arsenal need to do the same. 
with Arteta. But also they need to realise that Arteta isn't the sole problem. The problem's upstairs. The owners. The board. Like it it's utterly pathetic how that club is run. And it's no wonder that the the the, the fans want want them out. Same as it's no surprise that the fans want the Glazers out. Uh, the United fans want the Glazers out because Again, they've got they got promised this, that, and the other, and yes, they're spending money on players, but it's being wasted on players. Like you got, and it's the same with Arsenal; they've spent money on players, but it's being wasted. Like eighty million on Maguire, ninety on Lukaku, ninety on Pogba. It's like, and then you look at Arsenal: seventy-two on Pepe. I know. I know they got him on a free, but putting William on two hundred grand a week, it makes you realise, oh, maybe they wanted this Super League because they just want to be parasites, and they just wanted to be greedy assholes who will sit there and just rinse the club for everything it's worth, and then sell it when it's worth five times the value. And the reason why the Chelsea and City fa- like fans aren't going as mad is because our owners have got credit in the bank. They have. They've spent wisely. They've elevated the areas around the stadiums and around the training grounds. They've elevated communities. Roman's not even allowed in the fucking country, and he's helped out the NHS. He kept all of all of his staff on a full wage while while the country was in the first lockdown when no one was working like all non-essential shops were shut and when football wasn't on he he basically went no you you keep your job you like you know he opened up the millennium hotel for nhs staff to sleep the guy's not even allowed in the country. He then sits and puts like puts his money where his mouth is when it comes to the team. He's he's shown ambitious am, ambition to the point that Lampard had a rough run, and he sacked him. And now we've got Tuchel, and we've made a Champions League final. As much as we don't like the fact that Lampard got sacked, no one's moaning at the fact we're in a Champions League final. Our voice gets heard as fans. They joined this Super League. We made our voice abundantly clear and they pulled out. And now they're saying that... Um, like we're gonna, They're going to elect three Chelsea fans um, to sit on board meetings. Like four, at least four board meetings a season. I don't see no other club doing that. I, I, to be fair... I haven't looked, but I don't see any other club doing that. And and then they have the cheek to sit there and say, like... They'll, they'll sit there and credit our owners when it suits them. But as soon as we start winning, or we, we're in the Champions League final, like us versus City, oh, it's oil money, it's oil boys, this, that, and the other. It's like, really? One minute you're praising us, saying we want owners like Abramovich and Sheikh Mansour who'll sit there and spend on the team and actually invest and make the area better. 
but then literally you flip-flop it with oil boys, this, that and the other. I don't get it. I really don't understand it. It just sounds like jealousy. It really does sound like jealousy. Um, and I don't know where... Like, I don't know... I wouldn't have the first clue on where to begin in solving those problems at Arsenal. But speaking of the Champions League final, actually, I forgot to mention this earlier. Chelsea have become the first club to have both the men's team and the women's team in the Champions League final in the same season. Our our women's team, we went to Bayern Munich. We went 2-1 down after the first leg, I think it was. And then the second leg at King's Meadow, just bang. Walked in, 4-1, go through 5-3 on aggregate. We're in the Champions League final with them. And speaking of the women's team as well, they won the Women's Super League today as well. They won the division. So, big, big, big congratulations to the women's team. Congratulations to Emma Hayes. Um, Congratulations to Sam Kerr on getting the golden boot. The women's team is just brilliant right now. And I know I've said it before, I don't watch the women's team nearly as much as I should. Um, We have got some fantastic players in that women's team. Um, Pint. Penila Harder, or Harder, I, I really don't know how to say her surname. Um, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby, um, Burgo in goal. They're brilliant. They really, really are brilliant. Loopholes, or loop, loopholes. Again, I, I don't know how to say her name. Ericsson, I, I can, I can go on and on. They're brilliant. They really are brilliant. And as I said, Emma Hayes, she has done a remarkable job with that team. A remarkable job. And I hope that we can be not only the first club to have the men's and women's team in the final in the same season, but the first to also win both in the same season as well. I want us to beat Man City, obviously. Um, will we? I don't know. I want us to, obviously, of course. It's going to be a very tricky game. Very, very different game. Because the two we've played against them in the past three weeks, we've both made heavy changes in both matches. Like, against City in the in the cup for, uh, semi-final... They made nine changes, we made four or five. And it was the same again yesterday. Like, they made nine, we made four or five. We had Mount Silva, who didn't even travel. We had Havertz. um, We had Havertz, Jorginho on the bench. We had Christensen come off injured. We we had Chilwell on the bench, I think, or at home. Like, we, we didn't play our full strength 11 either. Um, and so it's crazy because they're so like they made nine changes to their team 
from the PSG game. And the only two players that started the PSG game were Ruben Diaz and Edison. Yet on that pitch, they still had Mendy. They still had Laporte. They had um, Rodri. Sterling. Aguero. Like, and the fact that they had the cheek to sit there and say, yeah, but we made nine changes. It's like, yeah, you made nine changes, but you still had a God squad out there and we still beat you. So all all you're going to get is City fans bitching and whining and I love every second of it. <laughs> um, but that is going to be where I wrap up this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I will be, hopefully, um, be doing reviews after every match between now and the end of the season. Um, hopefully, I want to. Um, whether I can or not is a different story. Whether I feel up to it or not is a different story as well. Um, so, that'll be Arsenal, Leicester, Leicester, Villa... And in between Villa and City, hopefully do a Premier League review. And then after City, do a season review as well as the match review. Um, and then and then it'll be moving on to transfer news, um, I think. But I'll see where we go from here. Um, I'll definitely keep like, uploading podcasts like, every so often. Hopefully every three or four days, but... As I said, that is going to be the end of this podcast. If you did enjoy it, please give it a share around. That would mean the absolute world to me. Um, follow me on Twitter, at CookCO4. That is C-O-O-K-E-C-0-4. And until the next one, guys and girls, keep the blue flag flying high. Blue is the colour. And I'll see you then. Goodbye.